welcome to The Peep, Meaningful Minutes with the Wintonberry Community. The Peep is an early childhood podcast for families that gives easy tips and activities for preschoolers. It is provided by the certified teaching staff at Wintonberry Early Childhood Magnet School. I'm Melissa Sutton, a teacher at Wintonberry. This is Episode 9, Helping Your Child Meet Your Expectations. This topic was a topic that was very highly rated on our parent interest survey, and we've been trying to figure out how to handle this in a five to ten minute podcast episode. And we've decided it's kind of a bigger topic, so this one may run long. Um, If it does, I'll add chapter markers to make the episode easier to navigate so you can revisit it and find where you had last left off. But it's also something that we can address through a series. We can do multiple episodes about this topic, and also we're planning some workshops that will be behavior-related as well. So Hopefully our instructional coach will be um, working on those and letting people know when they'll happen soon. We've done a previous podcast about what to do when children aren't meeting your expectations, but we wanted to talk about how to be more proactive and help them to meet your expectations in the first place. Understanding child development, we know that children are learning executive function. That's something that we teach for both years of preschool, um, a lot goes into executive function. That would prob- probably be another good topic for another episode. But basically, we're teaching children how to control their emotions, how to control their actions. It's not something that they know how to do automatically. And also, we know, based on brain development research, that the frontal lobe is not developed until the 20s. And that's what helps us make some rational decisions. And since preschoolers are only three and four years old, these are skills and and abilities that they're learning. Hopefully that'll take a little bit of the pressure off you if your child doesn't listen to each and every direction. I decided for this episode to focus on transitions because so often, at least what I see at Wittenberry and sometimes what I see with my own children and just what I know about three and four-year-olds through my experience is that transitions are often involved in a lot of issues with meeting expectations. Um, a lot of times we're asking children to stop what they're doing and to start doing something else. And that can be hard for young children. This can cause frustration and anxiety. Um, there are things that make it more likely that a child won't meet your expectation related to transitions. For example, your child might be tired, your child might be hungry, your child might be confused about what you're asking them to do, your child might not be ready to be done with something. I know even as an adult, I don't like to stop when I'm not done with something. So kids are experiencing the same same feelings that, that we do. There are definitely some preventative and teaching strategies that can be used to make it more likely that your child will meet your expectations. So we'll go over some of those. So in terms of preventative strategies, things that you can do to try to avoid the meltdown or being ignored or or whatever, however your child goes about not meeting your expectation. The first thing is really make sure that you really have your child's attention really get it. I know, especially with my older son, I talk to him and a lot of times I think he's listening to me because he'll go, yeah, yeah. But he wasn't listening because later I'll say, oh, why didn't you do what I asked you to do? And I'll say, what are you talking about? I didn't hear you say that, even though he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if he's playing with something and really into it or watching TV or, or whatever he may be doing, I really have to get him to pause with that and look at me so I know that he's listening to me because otherwise I think he's listening and often he's not. When I have his attention, it usually goes much better. 
Another preventative strategy is to make sure that you have a really clear expectation so that your child knows exactly what you want him or her to do. Saying clean up is fine, but you could even get more specific and say put your blocks back on the shelf. Just think about your wording. So if you say to a child, get ready, we have to go, what do they need to do to get ready? Do they know? Are you sure they know? Do you need to put on your shoes, put on your coat? What, what exactly does your child need to do to get ready? So just making sure that your expectations are really clear and that your child understands what it is that you are expecting of them. And when you're giving your expectation, don't ask it, state it. This was a mistake I used to make early in my career as a teacher. I would say things like, can you clean up now? Or I'd say, clean up, okay? Having that questioning tone or saying okay at the end made it so that following my direction was a choice. It opened the door to the child saying no. Instead, say something in a statement form like, please clean up. Something else that'll be helpful is having a consistent and predictable routine whenever possible. Predictability is so important. Not knowing what is coming next or being surprised by something unexpected can be really unpleasant for children and adults too. It's something we try to do at Wintonbury is to keep things as predictable as possible. We use schedules and pictures to help children know what's coming next and what's expected and that's something you can do at home too. I can put some examples of picture schedules on our website um, as some of the supplementary materials for this episode. Also, have materials ready before you give the direction. Have the snack ready before you call your child. Have all your bath materials ready before you call your child. This can be important if your child has a hard time waiting. Something else you can do is let your child know why you need them to do what you're asking them to do. For example, when you've asked a child to clean up, you might also say, we want to make sure that our carpet is clean so no one trips and falls. Or by putting your toy back on the shelf, you'll know where it is the next time you want to play with it. I often like to know why I'm being asked to do something. I think some people think that children don't need to know, they just need to do as told, but I think that it can be respectful to discuss expectations with children. But also, it starts to help them make connections between their actions and the result that their actions have on themselves and others, and this is a really important skill that will serve them for the rest of their lives. There are some things that we need to do that we just don't like to do. For example, I just don't like to clean my bathrooms at home, especially having two little boys. However, it needs to be done. Something that can help for those directions that are really tricky for your child is to use the format first, then. First we do this, then we do that. The second thing is something that is way more fun than the first. For example, first we clean up, then we go have a snack. First brush your teeth, then we will read your favorite bedtime story. First we'll go to the grocery store, then we will go to the library. Another idea is to offer two choices, both of which are acceptable to you. This gives your child a little control in the situation, but ultimately still make sure that you are ultimately setting the parameters. For example, do you want to wear your red shirt or your green shirt? Do you want to clean up your cars first or your Legos first? Do you want to brush your teeth in three more minutes or in five more minutes? It's important to note that these choices should be given proactively, not after your child has already refused your direction. Getting out in front of it and offering choices first will make things much easier. You can also turn transitions into games. You can say something like, let's fly to the sink like a superhero when your child needs to brush his or her teeth. How many hops do you think it will take us to get from your bike into the house? Can you finish cleaning up before I finish singing the ants go marching? 
One of the most important tips, in my opinion, is to give a warning that a transition is coming soon. It's going to be time to clean up soon can be helpful for many children, but some may need more specific information, like in five minutes, it will be time to clean up. And I do use clean up as an example because that is something that can be very hard for children, so I do come back to that example a lot. A good thing to talk about with your child is coming to a natural stopping point. You can do this as part of your warning that the transition for cleanup is coming soon or when you're giving that cleanup direction when it's time. You could say something like, you can drive your car around the track three more times and then clean up, please. Or finish coloring the puppy in your picture and then put away your markers. You could say something like, you can add two more Legos to your structure and then please put it on the shelf to finish it after we get back from the store. Sometimes having that natural stopping point that's related to the actual activity that the child is doing can be even more effective than using a timer. You know, if you said in five minutes it will be time to clean up, that works for a lot of children, but sometimes the natural stopping point is is a little more effective. It really depends on your child and with all of this, you just have to see what you think might work and try different things knowing your child and his or her personality. Many of the teachers in our school use a special song or sound to signal that it's time to clean up. This can be helpful at home as well. If you don't like to sing, you can use a favorite song played from your phone or some other source. Some teachers have a chime or a bell that they ring at cleanup time. You can use something similar to signal to your child that it's time to stop one activity and start the next. And those are some proactive preventative strategies, but even with predictable and consistent routines where the children really know what's expected, you may still run into a problem. If your child doesn't yet have the skills to complete the task being asked of him or her, that's something very important to think about. There's a teaching component. So does my child have the ability to do what I'm asking of him or her? You may need to also practice the skills that your child needs. You can also give some descriptive feedback while the child is working on the task. You could say something like, hey, you put on your hat and gloves all by yourself. I can tell that you're ready to go outside now. Going back to something I said earlier, you could also say, now your head and hands will be really warm the whole time we play outside. Just going back to them seeing the connection of why they're being asked to do what they're being asked to do. And also it's good to teach emotion words so that your children can express his or her feelings. I think this would be a good future episode as well, but happy, sad, mad, frustrated, um, disappointed, modeling those words and giving your child the words if they don't have it. It looks like you're frustrated. Things like that will help the child to start to learn those words and be able to use them more independently with you to explain their feelings if need be. So remember, your ultimate goal is to help your child understand your expectations so that the challenging behavior is less likely to occur. So on our website, which is wec.bloomfieldschools.org. I will upload a cheat sheet of what I discussed, and I'll also link a couple of articles where you can read more about this topic. You can find our podcast on our website, and most places where you listen to podcasts, usually we used to list them out, but um, we've since noticed that we're finding it in more and more places, which is exciting. So if you like us, and your app where you listen to us lets you give us a rating, like Apple Podcasts does, for example, please rate us. The more good ratings we have, the easier it is for other parents to find us in the search results. And as always, feel free to share us with a friend. 
And you can find out when our next episode is available by checking the Peeper newsletter or subscribing in your podcast app. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>